0: I am Pastor St. John. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is my joy to bring you the word from the Lord this morning. If you are in the habit of taking notes, we're going to throw a lot of scriptures up on the screen you're going to see today, and then some key elements to watch as well. That's going to be super helpful. But I will also tell you this. If you've never taken advantage of the sermon notes and looking at that, you can scan that with your phone right now with a QR code. But there is such an abundance of information that is available online for you to go home and continue your studies. So I encourage you to do that, or you can actually go Go to parkwaycc.com forward slash sermons dash notes and download them right now to your phone and then you can read ahead about where I'm going to and if you like to do that sort of stuff on there. And then if I miss a word, you can tell me. Does that sound like a deal? <laughs> Sounds like a deal. Hey, I want to tell you, talk to you a little bit about uh, when I first came to know the Lord. And when I first came to know the Lord, it was a wonderful opportunity and it was a wonderful experience and many things in my life instantly changed. But many things were a season of changing and God refining in me. But one of those things that I knew was I I needed to seek the Lord in water baptism. I wasn't 100% always sure about what it was, but I saw this trend, and you know, I wanted to do trendy things. It was the 80s, and I saw people getting water baptized, so I thought, I'm going to get water baptized. And then I studied about it and learned about it. Now, I was baptized as a small little baby when they poured water on my head in the Catholic church but I wanted to have a meaningful baptism. I wanted that water baptism where I can testify, this is what's happened in my life. And I wanted everyone to see, this is what's happened in my life. So I signed up at Mesa Assembly in Mesa, Arizona for water baptism. And I got there, and the day of the baptism, we all had gathered in the, our equivalent of the fellowship hall. And back in the 80s, they were just starting to get away from you know choir robes. The choirs would always be up here, and have those robes on. You know, that was pretty hip back then, right? Yeah, well they had baptismal robes. They were, the, they were white, long white robes. And I thought, okay, so I go over there and I grab one and I put it on. And I'm standing there and my pastor comes out, Ben Leonard, and he says, oh, are you gonna wear that? <laughs> Suddenly it dawned on me, I'm looking around the room like uh, only the ladies have these on, <laughs> none of the men. And I said, would it be wrong? But I took it off, I realized I did not need it, but I just thought it was one of those things that hey, everybody's doing it. I was half right. Everybody's getting water baptized, but not everybody was doing it in the same style on there. So that was mine. But you know, one of the things that you find is when you're new, when you're either new to your faith or you're new in your growth and your journey, that some things can be perplexing and intimidating. How many of you found it hard, for those of you that had to register for college, how many of you found that journey to be a little bit where you had to knock on many doors to get right information or maybe you needed help, advice from your, pa- your counselor at school or advice from your parents about enrolling in college. It just didn't happen automatically on there as well. I'm getting older. Yes, it is true. I know, I know. He, like, he doesn't nearly look like he's 27 years old. <laughs> I'm not. But I will tell you this. Well, that was up early. Um, as I get older, I'm starting to learn that i got to pay attention to things like Medicare, Medicaid, and if that wasn't confusing enough, Parts A, Parts B. I'm hearing rumors of a Part C and D. uh, Please, God, don't let it go all the way to Z. That would not be good. I'm learning about financial planning, portfolios, investments, Social Security payments, dental plans, or implants, vision Hearing and more one financial planner I found on the website and he says 99 tips to plan for your retirement (laughs) Dear Lord if I had to read 99 tips I'd be dead before I ever took advantage of any of them (laughs) Well the same can be said when we first come into a relationship with Jesus Christ It can be a, a road that we wonder about how we navigate it or how do we get down the road so here's the deal Some of you have been walking with the Lord for many, many years. This message is also going to be for you. But also for those of you who said, I am a new baby in Christ, this message is for you as well. When we first come to the Lord and we get saved, is that it? Is that the end be all? We've accepted the Lord as our Savior. We've had our salvation. We've had what some people refer to as a conversion or a changing. Is that all there is? And then you start to hear rumors if you hang around church long enough, hey, they're talking about something called baptism. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You talk to one person, they're talking about water baptism. You go to another person, they're talking about spiritual baptism. And then you're like walking away, scratching your head, like I should have just stayed enrolled in college. It would have been easier. So you say, okay, I, I'm going to get saved. I'm going to give my heart to the Lord. I'm going to call on my Lord and Savior. I'm going to have a conversion experience. Check. Now I just go and make disciples, and that's all I need to do until the Lord takes me home. Amen? And some people take that journey. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing wrong with that. But there could be so much more that you could do, so much more that you have opportunity for. And so one of the things I find, Lord, I don't want to know you as a distant Friend, as a distant Savior, I want to walk down some roads with you. I want to learn from you. I want to do the best that I can for you and everything that you ask of me to do. And how will I know if I don't ask and I don't seek? Now, some folks don't really know about the Holy Spirit's existence. Some people aren't sure, like, yeah, there's a Holy Spirit, but I really don't know much about it. And they choose to say, you know what, if I'm a little ignorant of it, I, if I don't learn about it, then I don't have to work that part of my, my experience with the Lord. But the Holy Spirit, that is the same as like you buying a fairly new vehicle. It drives nice. It looks good. The air conditioning works. You've kicked the tires. But if you want that XM radio to work, you're going to have to call up for a subscription. But you know that that can be a much better experience for some people in their vehicles as well. And the same thing is true with the Holy Spirit, looking for a way to enhance our experience. The Holy Spirit is a separate and distinct member of what is the Trinity. Now, nowhere in your Bible will you find the word Trinity. It is something that we kind of put together to explain it. I used to really struggle when people would want to explain the Trinity to me. And I just didn't get it. I said, what do you mean there are three separate, but they are three in one? Just mind-blown. And then one day I heard a great explanation. Someone said, I want you to think of H2O. Now, when you say H2O, everyone's first words they want to say is? Water. Water. What about steam? What about ice? Is it still H2O? Three different forms, but all are the same. And so that really helped settle me in some questions I had about the Trinity. There is the, uh, our Father in heaven, God. There is the Word of God, which is his Son, Jesus Christ, and then there is the Holy Spirit. And so I want to take some time this morning. I want to talk to you a little bit about the association with this and show you this. So let's take a look on the screen here, first of all, this Holy Spirit existing. 1 John 5, 7. For there are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, meaning Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So when we accept him as our Holy Spirit, we are told or as our Savior, when we accept Jesus, we are told, Go therefore, and make disciples of the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The scripture covers two events here in this thing I just read, shared with you. Go baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go make disciples. The two things that he's saying to the, to, to the newly converted person is you are to go and share this news, this good news that has been shared with you, you are now to share with others. But it also says to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, talking about water baptism. Now, I didn't come to know the Lord until I was in my thir- 20s, got married in my 30s. I better have known the Lord by then. But I will tell you that I didn't always understand what I was supposed to do or how I was supposed to fit in. I still felt very awkward when I would come into church. They didn't act like I acted. They didn't respond like I respond. They didn't lose their tempers like I would lose my temper. They just loved me. They loved me unconditionally. And that's what really attracted me to what it was like to be part of God's family because I saw people who had a perfect peace beyond all understanding. But as I got to know some of the saints, I I started to notice in my circle of people I was with that some of them seemed to have a deeper sense of their relationship with the Lord. I don't mean intellectually, I don't mean knowledge-based memorization of scriptures, but I just noticed in their walk that there was something more that my spirit gravitated to in them. And I started to learn that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. What an amazing thing that was. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, is that for believers today? Yes, it is for believers today. Now I'll tell you this, when you call upon the Lord as your savior, is the Holy Spirit in you? The answer is yes, there is an infilling of the Holy Spirit. He takes up residence in you because you have asked that that would happen in your life. But when you have the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that just blows some people's minds away. Wait, how can I have something in me and not be filled with it at the same time? We're gonna talk about that. I'm gonna break that down for you, to make, hopefully make that a little bit clearer on there. So my goal today is clearly communicate to you the difference in each part of the Trinity and water baptisms. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not salvation. It is not conversion. The general held beliefs is that after responding to an altar call, which is also another word that's never appeared in the Bible, but yet we use it, is a conversion. In that conversion, there's an experience where salvation, it's identical to what, uh, it's is identical with being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or is it the same? I don't know. Here, check this out. Evangelist R.A. Torrey, who was a 19th century Congregationalist minister and graduated from Yale University and Yale Divinity School wrote a book called, and this is a pretty bold title, What the Bible Teaches. Not every, he goes on to say this, not every believer has the baptism with the Holy Spirit, though every believer may have. Well, that's profound. So the answer is still yes or no. It goes on and says, a man may be regenerated, that is born again, by the Holy Spirit and still not be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In salvation, there is a change of life and the one who receives it is saved. In the baptism with the Holy Spirit, there is an impartation of power and the one who receives it is fitted for service. Now, do you see why I openly started out with Medicare Parts A, Part B? Medica- uh, it was just, there were so many components moving. There's so many moving parts. When I was an early, early believer, I felt like, man, you want me to get up and learn to not stumble and fall, but to walk, but everything tells me to just lay down and give up. <laughs> Church was hard. It doesn't have to be. It does not have to be. The two experiences that is, uh, being converted and infilled with the Holy Spirit and also being baptized with the Holy Spirit are entirely distinct from a standpoint when you look at their source, their time, and their nature. Salvation comes only through the shed blood of Jesus. I am preaching to the choir to many of you on this, I know that, stick with me. Baptism of the Holy Spirit comes from the Holy Spirit himself. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an operation of the Holy Spirit which takes place immediately after someone or sometime after conversion. Let me say that again, baptism of the Holy Spirit can take place immediately after conversion or sometime after conversion. So if you're sitting there saying, wait, I've been called upon the Lord as my Savior, but I'm not yet filled with the Holy Spirit, you're okay. Just calm down. You're going to be fine, okay? You're going to be fine. Now check this out. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an operation of the Holy Spirit. It imparts special power to do service for God. Let's examine a study in the biblical patterns established in this Holy Spirit. I know this is a little bit academic right now, but if you'll bear with me, some exciting things are gonna happen this morning. No doubt, the original disciples, the followers of Christ, that they were, in fact, saved men. Would you agree? Say amen. amen. They were saved men and women. They let go of their families. They let go of their occupations. They let go of their nets. They let go of their property. And they let go of their material possessions to follow Jesus, to hear his teachings, and also to assist our Savior in Jesus Christ's ministry here on earth. And Jesus told them at this on one occasion, and he said to this, rejoice because your names are written in heaven, Luke 10, 20. Therefore, every single person in this room who is called upon the Lord as their Savior, your name is in the book of life. Amen. Be excited for that. It is a reservation to a kingdom that will blow Disney World away any day. It's not a magic kingdom. It is a very real place. And all the buildings you see will be real. And you're allowed to go everywhere. Some people don't know what I'm talking about when i talk about Disney. How many of you ever wanted to wish you could go underground in Disney just to see the behind the scenes stuff, Right? All right, take a look here. Stop distracting me. I got to see where I was. The experiences, yeah, we talked about that. They take place immediately. We did say that. We did that. Oh, I already talked about that too. <laughs> the disciples did not experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit until the day of Pentecost. Now, that was a time period after Jesus had left this world and ascended into heaven. Now remember, the disciples got saved under his ministry, and now Jesus has gone home to be with his father, and it says that the disciples were going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told them this, and that names were written, but it says this on the screen in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, after being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He told them it was coming. So to you this morning, I do not proclaim to be Jesus Christ, but for those of you that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Could it come today? I believe it could. I believe it should. It will. This is the same in this example here where Jesus is saying to the disciples like a child who grows up in a minister's home. Let's say Jace for example. Jace has sat under his ministry of his mom and dad for years. Jaden is another example. They have seen the word preach. They have seen effective ministry for the kingdom. As they grow up, are they fully fitted yet to take the helm and lead a church? Now, the older saints in the room would say no. The younger people sometimes, I will tell you this, they feel ready. They feel ready. But I've seen so many people who have said, I am ready, God, release me. I am pulling at the reins. I am ready to go out the chute and run the race. But when they do it and they don't have the full Uh, Holy Spirit in them. After a while, it's a shooting star, and what happens to shooting stars? They burn out. Perhaps some Bible schooling might be good. Perhaps maybe uh, an ordination or a conference of many people laying hands on them. That's why I'm super excited that next month we launch our internship program here. We have people that are committing their lives to saying, I will put myself into service. I will be installed in service for the Lord's kingdom. They're going to go to and study the Bible. They're going to take classes to study for their credentials. They're going to seek the credentialings of the Assemblies of God from the state of Oregon so that they can be listed as these are recognized and approved ministers. They will still be young, but they will have run the course And they will have shown themselves as one approved, a righteous worker for our Lord and our kingdom. Amen? I believe that they will not be shooting stars. Now, they can still be shot down. Life can still be hard. But I believe that they are better equipped. So now they got the education. They're going to get some of the experience. But do you think they should have the Holy Spirit as well? I think they should as well. And I'm praying that that happens for them as well. I'm super excited about that. Note that the promise of the Father was to be fulfilled and the people to whom the Lord was speaking were to be baptized in the Holy Spirit at a future time, telling those disciples it's coming in a few days. Therefore, it's clear that the original followers and the original disciples of Jesus Christ did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the same time they were converted. Signature demonstrates explicitly that those who were not among the original followers of Christ but became believers at a later date did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at a distinct time. The apostle Paul is a prime example of this. Now to give you the backstory, Paul was previously known as Saul. Was he on the good team or the bad team? Very bad team, killing hundreds of thousands of Christians. It was a hunt to take them all down. He was known as Saul of Tarsus, the land in which he came from. And he was operating with a great breadth of authority to do as he pleased to seek those who were serving the Lord and sharing the good news. But something happened to him on his way to Damascus. Now I'm gonna date myself. I'm going back to the 1980s with a song. There was a band that came out of Southern California called the OG Supertones. Anybody ever hear of them? Oh, yeah. I remember they played what was called ska music. Ska music was just crazy stuff. But they had a song that says, Paul was walking on the road to Damascus. A big bright light looked at him and asked, Hey, Paul, come follow me. And after Paul was blind, he could finally see. Because Paul lost his eyesight on the road to Damascus. The man who was the most feared The man who had a legion of soldiers at his ability suddenly had to be led by the hand. Not even from someone from his own service, but a believer, a Christian, led him by the hand. And for three days, Paul lived in visual darkness. But God was working on his life. And it says that Paul's eyesight came back. And Paul was a changed man, no longer saw but now, Paul, I think that's an amazingly beautiful story there as well. But it says that three days later, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Now, there is also a story about the experience of 12 men at Ephesus who also confirmed the fact that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an entirely different spiritual blessing than being converted. Because remember, some people have, who out there, some scholars, a little misled, they believe that when you get saved, that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I stand here today and I say when you get saved, you have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But you may not have necessarily powered up. This experience is going to come up on the screen. We take a look in Acts 19. Paul, having been passed through the upper regions, now he's on a missionary journey here. He comes to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. What a, powerful, what a powerful expression that must have been, to see the power of God. People who said, we've never even heard of this. That's like you coming home, and you never even heard of this, but there's special You Day celebration taking place. And you got a new car in the garage. You're like, I never heard of this. Oh, yeah, we've never celebrated before. We're celebrating now. Don't you, don't you wish Special You Day existed? Yeah. It could. You just have to go out and do it yourself. How intimidating it can be for an uninformed believer. But I'm going to tell you this. Connor's an example to me. You see, Connor's growing and learning, and he's got his hat on there that says it must be done. His words, the day I water baptized him, and it's become a mantra for us. But I look at Connor and Connor is basically running around checking every spiritual door and anyone that's open to him, he is walking through it. He is on a journey to seek what God has for him. You see, Connor never lets the lack of knowledge become a p- source of pride for him that he's unwilling to grow. He's willing to learn, to improve, and to take his spiritual walk every day with the Lord. So Connor, keep doing what you're doing because you may not realize it, but there are people watching you. There are people seeing your behavior. And they're going to say, man, God, if Connor's doing it, I know you'll help me do it as well. Amen? Now, the men at Ephesus, they were converted men. They had salvation. They were believers. They were called disciples. And yet Paul said, did you get the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we don't even know what you're talking about. Let's go on to another one, the Samaritans. When Philip went to Samaria to preach the gospel, the multitudes with one accord Heeded the things spoken by Philip, or yeah, Philip, leaving, hearing, and seeing the miracles that he had done in Acts eight six, and the people accepted the gospel and were converted. So that was a salvation experience. However, they were not baptized in the Holy Spirit until Peter and John come to them at a later time. Now, when the apostles were there in Jerusalem, they heard of Samaria that some had received word of the God. Word of God, and they sent Peter and John to them, and whom they had come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Again, another biblical statement. Converted, but not in the Holy Spirit until a later date. So we're seeing clear examples of that. So it's clear that salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit are two separate things. Would you agree with me so far? Have I made the case? Have we clearly stated it so that you could understand it and you could say it back to somebody else? There are scriptures here that show people who gave their hearts to the Lord at a later date receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, just to test the room, you give your hearts to the Lord, what are you filled with? The Holy Spirit. But what, maybe you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah, try and have that conversation with someone who doesn't know the Lord. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, so we can have those conversations, I believe. All right. Here comes Medicare Parts A and B for you folks. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not water baptism. It is not water baptism. The Bible stands in opposition to some who proclaim and teach the word. They say that water baptism and the Holy Spirit baptism are identical. Now I'm not discrediting water baptism. Jesus himself was baptized in water and he is our example to follow. He commanded his followers to baptize all believers in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Water baptism literally consists of being dipped or placed under water to come up washed clean as to show on the inside of your life, I was washed by the blood of Jesus and the sin has been rinsed away from my life. That's what they're demonstrating there. It's a supernatural expression. So listen to this. This is a good point here. The Holy Spirit baptism is a supernatural expression in which the Holy Spirit fills a person. One may be baptized in water either before or after receiving the Holy Spirit. So I've just made a very clear point here, hopefully. The first thing that must and always should take place is that you accept the Lord as your Savior. After that... You may immediately or at some time later be filled with the Holy Spirit, or you may also seek water baptism. By the way, who should get water baptized? All believers who call upon the Lord should seek water baptism. Does that make sense to you? So I want to I mention to you as well that we have a water baptism coming up. I felt strange getting baptized in my 20s. I felt a little out of my element, you know, kind of that too cool for school mentality. But at the same time, I knew it was the right thing. And you know, there, there, are, 13, there are 12 commandments in the Bible. You, you know that, right? I always challenge people and say, actually, there are 14. Because the two others, and I'm not adding the scripture or taking away from, but we are given two ordinances as the church, ordered by God. And one of them is communion. Do this until I return that you not forget about everything I've done, everything that Jesus did. That's, a, that's an order, an ordinance, a command. That's why I call it a commandment in my book. But the other one is to be baptized, to bear witness as well, to seek water baptism. So I am going to put the challenge out there. You're gonna to start to see it on our screens later on in the, the weeks to come. We are gonna have sign-ups for water baptism. And I want everybody who is a believer in Christ but has not yet been water baptized. Put all pride aside, if you wanna move forward, if you wanna start to see some things happen in your life, let's be obedient to one of the orders of our Lord and our Savior and seek that water baptism. And When you do, there's a whole room of people that are gonna celebrate, bear witness, and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. So do it, don't miss that step. Cornelius and his family and friends, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit at a later time. On the screen, it'll show you here. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the message. Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized in water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So I see an example here where someone says, I have received the Holy Spirit, and now I am going to be baptized in water. Now after the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on these people, they had spoken in tongues and Peter was asking, can anyone stand in the way of these people now being baptized in water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And by now your head may be spinning. Okay, Pastor St. John, I accept Christ first. Got it, check. But what's next? Water baptism or Holy Spirit. Which is the answer? I like it, yes or either. We're learning, we're growing, amen? So when your kids ask you that question, dad, you can no longer say, go ask your mom. <laughs> dad, you gotta step up and answer that question for your kids. The Samaritans, however, were baptized in water first after they were, and they were later baptized in the Holy Spirit. When, the, when they believed, Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized in water and now the apostles were in Jerusalem, heard that the Samaritans had received the word of God, and they sent Peter and John to them uh, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So it says it here in Acts 8, 15, 17 on the screen. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, then Peter and John place their hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Everyone doing good? All right, look at the person next to you and say, are you with me so far? Now look at the other person next to you and say, Medicare, Parts A, Parts B. We are getting through this. I want to share this one, too. This was kind of a good point here. The 12 men of Ephesus were baptized in the Holy Spirit after they had been baptized in water. In fact, you know what? They were actually baptized twice. It happened in the Bible. Was it an oops? No. Once, according to the doctrine of John the Baptist, it was a baptism of repentance. The second time, Paul, in the name of Jesus. The baptism we do here, so if you get to that section of your Bible, you're like, now I'm confused. I have to have two baptisms. I don't have enough change of clothes. I don't think I can do it. The deal is this, is the baptism we do here, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son. And the Holy Spirit, we baptize you in that baptism. These are not baptisms of repentance. So now I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. I know, like there wasn't enough already. Sorry. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not, it is not sanctification. A new term. See how hard it is to follow this Christian walk? There's all these new things going on. I need, I need like a Bible dictionary. You have one, it's the Bible. Sanctification is this. It is preparing or setting apart a person or thing for a holy use. Remember I talked about our interns that are gonna be starting in our internship school. They're gonna be setting themselves apart for a special purpose. This building you're sitting in is a sanctified building. Because sanctification can be over a thing or a person. This building has been set apart to do what? to make the, the Lord known to anybody who comes in with an ear to hear, is that right? So that is sanctifies a building, but what about our lives sanctified? Now this question comes up then, Pastor St. John, I gave my heart to the Lord, was I not sanctified on the day of my salvation? The answer could also be yes and no. You see, for me, I mark my day of sanctification That day that I went up as a counselor to youth camp with my youth group, and I was sitting in the back of the chapel, exhausted, chapel was going on, the kids were all forward, and I was trying to sleep. And the speaker, Reggie Dobbs, I don't remember a lot of things, but these pivotal things I remember. Reggie Dobbs said, God's calling some people in here to be ministers, and I thought, he is talking to those kids. Come on, kids, get up, do it for the Lord. Amen, I'm with you. And some kids stood up. I'm like, great, there it is. Quota fill, let's move on. When's lunch? And he didn't stop. Reggie Dobbs said, no, I'm telling you, the Lord is speaking to somebody here still and saying, I'm calling you in the ministry. Get up, stand up for Jesus because he's going to move on your life. And I'm like, not me, Lord. I got a wife, a kid, a house, and a steady job. I don't want to throw all that away. He's like, do it, stand up. And I'm like, okay, I feel really silly right now, God, but I'm going to stand up, but nobody's going to turn around so no one will see me, so it won't really count. And I'm in the way back, and I stand up, eyes closed. Please, Lord, nobody see me. Nobody see me. It's kind of like what Pastor Jason was talking about, like when you first praise and you put your hand like this. I stood up. I was feeling exposed. You ever felt like that in a crowd? Like how many of you would like to come down right now up here and grab this microphone and preach a little bit? Some of you, that's your worst fear. But God spoke to me that day, and I consider that my sanctification moment in my life. When I said, I'm gonna let go of my job. We're gonna let go of our home. God's gonna move us somewhere. I'm gonna let go of my plans and what I wanted to do and start following what God wants to do. And I called myself that day sanctified. My life scriptures out of Isaiah. The spirit of the living God is upon you. He's anointed you to preach the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, and I've lived my life with that. And I'm thankful that the Lord laid that on my heart. But sanctification called for a holy purpose. Amen? At the same time, this experience enables a believer to live a holy life, to manifest uh, a life and to manifest faith, love, and humility towards God and others. To manifest love. This is a part where Pastor Jason will say, I'm, sucker, I'm about to sucker punch you. Some days, you people are not easy to love. Now, the way I can prove that, for everyone married in here, you can say the same thing about your spouse. Some days, you can say to your spouse, I'm having a hard time loving you right now. Every country song ever written is starting to make a whole lot of sense right now. And you're thinking that's the glory of the Lord coming upon you. It's not. It's the flesh. (laughs) But to be sanctified and paid for, sanctification comes through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It does not mean, however, that the one who is sanctified cannot sin. Everybody take a calming breath. The church, though sanctified, we said this building was sanctified, it has breakdowns. Ask me how I know. come to a few board meetings with me and we talk about air conditioners and carpeting and door sticking. We had last week someone shoot out one of the glass doors on the hall center. Had to get fixed. Isn't that right, Misty? Yeah, Misty. She was on it. She was there with the police and everything. You see, we are free moral agents in ourselves as well. God does not force us into a forced loving relationship with him. Therefore, I can be sanctified, but every now and then I can get off track. I'm not going to beat myself up over it because I'm not made perfect here in this world, but every day I'm closer to perfection. I will be made perfect when I see my Savior face to face. When I see my Lord, I know that I will be made perfect. I will know on that day I'm never going to screw up again. I'm going to get everything right from now on. And no one can look at me and say, well, you're not perfect, because I'm going to be like, yeah, I am now. <laughs> neener, neener, boo, boo. Therefore, sanctification is a progressive step. Every day, we get more and more refined. The rings, the gold jewelry that you have does not come out of the ground like it is in the purity that it is. It goes through fire and baptisms of fire. It goes through hot situations to pull out the goodness of it, amen? Baptism in the Holy Spirit, when you get it, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, That's not the end of it. It's a power up, but you've gotta ask for more of it. We sang that song, we just need more of you. Not because we're greedy, but because the baptism is fresh and the Lord wants to pour more and his spirit greater in you and greater in you and more in you. And then you'll do some amazing things and then you're gonna be empowered, you're gonna be equipped, you're gonna excel beyond anything you mortally could do because the spirit of the Lord has taken over and you are allowing the spirit of God to allow you to do things that you've never dreamed you could do. But if we are obedient in that, but we can also quelch the spirit of God. Being sanctified, the experience with that of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, what a powerful duo that is, Amen. Sanctification has its primary purpose, so check it out. Why should I be sanctified? Sanctification has its primary purpose to edify and the perfecting of the believer themselves. When God called me at that summer camp and said, you're going into ministry, I knew it came from God. I knew it was a promise. I knew it was a statement he was declaring over me, so I was going to go forward and do it. And I wasn't going to do it on my own, because believe me, I messed up a lot along the way. Still making mistakes, but I'm learning so much as well. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit that empowers you, the believer, to work toward edifying and perfecting others. So one is for you, and one is for others. There's also signs that accompany the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We often say, "What is the first signs? The evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the speaking in." How many of you freak out? How many of you weird out? First time I went to that church in Mesa, Arizona, and I was coming to know the Lord, the pastor said, Let's pray. And I did the immediate Catholic stance. (laughs) Because that's what I said. Eventually, it's going to lead to kneel, stand, sit, kneel, stand, sit, and I will have my aerobics done for the day. The person next to me started speaking in tongues with their hands raised and their face. And I was like, how much wine did she drink? I know we had communion. I didn't get anything from it. And then it happened in stereo. I was up in the balcony, because that's where it's safe. Nobody sees you. Because you can sneak in and you can sneak out. I know all my covert VIP peeps up there, right? I'm not going to name you out Samuelsons. (laughs) Fred, he's so sneaky, he didn't even show up today. But I was up there in the balcony, and these people started speaking in tongues, praising the Lord, worshiping in the spirit and in truth. And I started to see something. And like the, the love those people demonstrated to me, I was now drawn to something even greater in some of them. What is this? I was like in that scripture there, it says, we've not even heard of this spirit. What is this? I was that person. I don't know what this is. I want to take it for a spin. Can I borrow it for a while? Lend me your spirit. And they're like, it don't work like that, son. I said, nothing's working like I think it would in this church. I'm going to ask the worship team if you'll come back. Please. Please. But we know that, I said this message is for those that are new in their walk with the Lord. This message is for those who have walked for years in the Lord and wherever those others that may fall in between that range. But my first one is gonna be for that of salvation. So I'm gonna ask you, would you stand up, all of you, not just the ones being saved. I'm gonna ask you as well for the sake of being a focus into the Lord would you close your eyes I remember going to a Billy Graham crusade and watching him say in such simple words God loves you God loves you so much and he wants you to know that you've never formally been introduced to him today As the Reverend Billy Graham would say, I'd like to introduce you to your creator, the one who has every hope and every plan for you, the one who will change your life all for the better. It's not gonna be perfect, but you're gonna get through it. You see, this morning, some of you have come in and you're like, I've had altar calls and I've never responded to them. I've heard people I've seen people go, I couldn't do that walk. I can't have all those eyes on me. With every head uh, bowed and every eye closed, you can today. You can start this amazing journey. And hopefully that you've heard today that not is it just gonna be your conversion experience or your salvation experience, but there are things down the road, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, your water baptism, You might even feel that the Spirit of God is dealing with you right now and talking to you and saying, please today, change your life. So I'm gonna ask you on the count of three, if you're saying today, pastor, I wanna go where God is telling me to go. I don't wanna do things on my own anymore. I don't want to try and chart this course because it's never gotten me to any destination that has brought me any peace. But you're ready to let go and let God show you what amazing things he has in store and what gifts he already has established for you. You're gonna simply raise your hand on the count of three and just hold it up for a second so I can acknowledge that you're here. And You're saying, Lord, you're gonna be my savior. Are you ready? All across this room, hands are gonna go up. Saints, be praying. One, today could be your day. Two, your life, I promise you, will change. Three, put your hand up now. Call upon the Lord as your savior. Thank you, thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, you saw the hands that went up. You see that they're sitting there right now, standing there right now, and they're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm surrendering. In a way, when we put our hands up, when we show that we surrender, they're doing that, Lord. I remember the day I got saved I came to an altar and a man prayed for me I don't know who it was and he told me if I would just lay down my burdens that God was going to change my life and boy was he right I'm so glad that that saint did that so I'm going to ask you and you're not going to be the only ones that are going to come down here because I've got a second thing I'm going to try and ask people to do but if you raise your hand I've got some people that want to pray with you down here as well And I I want you to know that this is where you're saying, I am not ashamed, I'm gonna not let fear, I'm gonna not let my pride get in the way anymore, but I'm gonna start walking for the Lord. I'm gonna start waking up for a house that serves the Lord. I'm gonna start doing things for the Lord instead of doing for myself. And maybe, maybe, you're heading to sanctification. If that's you, I want you to come down right now. There are gonna be some prayer partners down here in the front, but you'd step out where you're from. Nobody's making fun of you. Everyone's excited for your journey. We applaud for their journey. Saints, put your hands together for those that are faithful to come down. Let us rejoice. Hallelujah. The day a mom and a dad say that we are going to serve the Lord, that changes their children's lives forever. It changes theirs, but also their children. It changes the future generations. I'm so glad and I'm so thankful the day that I made that decision. If there's more of you, we are not done yet. I want you to come down here. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't let anything glue your feet to the floor. If the Lord says, step, step, child, move. The next one is this. The next calling is this. red and The next one is this, some of you have said, Pastor, I've been saved and I'm almost ashamed to say that I've been saved for over a decade and I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is a gift he wants to freely give to you, but it's a gift, the Spirit's already in you, but when that gift gets unpacked, sometimes that's up to God. Maybe sometimes there's still things that he's working on your life because he's not He knows that you want to save and you want to share the good news, but He wants to make sure you're ready. Today could be that day where you say, Lord, I want to power up. Lord, I want to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit this day. Lord, I no longer want to be safe and sane. Lord, if it's possible, put me with the Christian freaks and geeks that I speak in tongues. Put me there, Lord God. Give me the power to do supernatural things that I've never been able to do. Gives me a boldness where I used to to be shy and I wouldn't share the gospel with people. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, you begin to move and you begin to see amazing things take place in your life. Ask me how I know. I'm an introvert. I can't be up here. And yet, Holy Spirit says, here I am. I'm going to ask for people as well right now. Close your eyes, everybody. Father, I pray as you are speaking to the hearts of those children right now that are saying, God, I want it, God, I want it, God, I I really want it, but I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. You keep seeking, you keep asking. He will bear that gift for you. Father, today, I pray for every man and woman in here, every young person, every disciple maker, every future disciple maker. If they are asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna ask them to come and get down to these altars. Do it right now, do it right now. Move out of your seats and find a place at these altars. Find a place at these altars. There are people that are gonna pray over you, pray with you, pray alongside you. But there is a power that is waiting for you. Hallelujah, Lord God. God, when we seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's not for ourselves, but it's for the edifying of others. God, I wanna wanna help others, and I want you to do it through me, Lord God. Give me your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that I may be empowered to go farther than I've ever gone, to bear witness more than I ever have, to make myself the most effective, Bible-believing, kingdom-seeking person ever. Empower me this day. If that's you, you're coming down to seek the Lord. my seasoned believers, those that have been walking with the Lord, those that are even filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, have you been seeking in your prayer life, in your love language to say, Lord, continue to fill me up with your Holy Spirit. Maybe you've grown stagnant. Maybe you've become mediocre in your evaluation of yourself. And you're saying, Lord, today's the day that I say I want something more than I've ever had I know we sang it on the songs but today's the day Lord God I want to experience it today's the day Lord I'm gonna come forward and I'm believing that you're gonna fill me even more to do greater than I have ever done so my Saints who are baptized in the Holy Spirit would you find a place at these altars right now And that's gonna be a whole lot of you we may run out of room but find a place at this altar and say Lord fill me even more I'm gonna seek your baptism daily every day for the empowerment Lord God I want you to come down thing I'm gonna call people for God am I the person standing in the back of the room that you've been speaking to and calling I have seen men and women called into ministry in their teens and in their 60s how willing are we to let go of all things to follow the master so this one here I'm asking for sanctification If you're saying, Lord, sanctify me this day, you can walk out of here and say, Lord, I am set apart for a purpose. You have called me, you have called me for a specific purpose and I'm gonna do it. Now it may not be going into ministry, so please don't misunderstand me if you come here. We got 1,200 new preachers in the room. That's not the case. But if you sit there and say, Lord, I want to be sanctified and dedicated for your purpose, I need you to crowd these altars right now. You're gonna come forward right now and you say, Lord, I'm standing here, sanctify me. Set me apart, Lord God. Change me. Let's do that right now. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus.